Welcome to the September 1st edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten, and how good have these playoffs been so far? First, we're going to touch on the incredible series between Denver and Utah, and then we're going to talk about our newest crop of first-round exits. As we're taping, Denver have just tied the series up at three-piece, and my goodness, what a series we've got on our hands. Denver have managed to claw their way back from being 3-1 down and really struggling to contain Utah's offense. If I'm being honest, I I don't think that they've completely contained it. I think defensively they are struggling, but on the offensive end, they've completely turned it on. And more specifically, Jamal Murray has turned it on. I spoke about him in the last podcast and he's just continued this incredible run. For the series so far, he's averaging 34 points, 6.2 rebounds, 6.7 assists, 5.2 triples, and shooting at 59% from the field and 91% from the line. So to give you some sort of context, James Harden, for most people, was the fantasy MVP this year. And in his series against OKC, he's averaging less across the board besides the assists. Pretty decent stats from Jamal Murray, right? But... Let me paint a picture for you. Denver are struggling on offense. They're in a tight game four, and Jamal Murray has just gone Super Saiyan mode. Over the last three games, he's averaging a ridiculous 47.3 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, seven triples on 64% shooting, and has single-handedly dragged Denver back from 3-1 down to tie the series up at three apiece going into game seven. I said it in the last podcast, this is Jamal Murray's fourth year in the NBA. And up until now, his fantasy stocks haven't really improved since his second year in the league. No, he won't continue to average nearly 50 points per outing. But if his strong offensive game continues, next year he's going to be one of the hottest pickups in every fantasy league. on the. Utah side of the court, Donovan Mitchell hasn't exactly slowed up either, and it's clear that he's trying to close this one out. So far this series, he's averaging 37 points, 4.3 boards, 5.5 assists, and 5.2 triples on 55% shooting, and the games are literally turning into shootouts, and every possession, it's Mitchell or Murray trying to outdo the other one, and it's just incredible to watch. I do not care what you have on for Game 7. Cancel it and watch this matchup. These are two young stars that are completely balling out, and the last game will be one for the ages. But seeing as though this is a fantasy basketball podcast, I should talk about the fantasy aspect. So Mitchell is Always going to go into your late 20s, early 30s range, depending on who's in your league. And Murray is generally about a round after that. Having said that, if Murray keeps this going, they're both probably going to find their way into the top 30 for next season, maybe even inside the top 25. All right, time to talk some first round exits. So after a surprise game one loss, the Bucks comfortably dismantled an undermanned Magic side. and. Look, I thought, like many, this game would be over in four. So credit where credit is due. The Magic took one game, but overall, they never really stood a chance. 
Giannis is just too good. And the side pieces of Middleton, Lopez, and Bledsoe, they all had a pretty good series. However, talking Orlando, I generally don't draft anyone from that side other than Isaac because they're either really boring or really rubbish. So looking forward to next season for these guys. I fully expect them to bring some noise and bring in some pieces and and probably offload a few pieces as well. But if I'm drafting right now, I like Vooch and I like Fultz and I love Jonathan Isaac. Obviously, he's going to be irrelevant. Vooch is consistent. You know what he's going to do and he does it pretty well. 20-odd points per game, 10 boards, a couple of assists, a couple of triples and decent percentages. I just think that he's a bit boring. He doesn't really have more of an upside than what he's currently doing. And if I somehow ended up with, say, a Kyrie or another injury-prone player in the first few rounds, I would take Fooch. But yeah, boring, consistent, he's fine. I am pretty big on Markel Fultz, though. He will go late in every single draft. And at that point, there is no risk. He will get solid assist numbers, decent steals, and he's genuinely worth a flyer. All he's doing is sharing the role with DJ Augustine and Augustine's numbers have been dropping for a while now and his minutes have been dropping just as quickly. Who I'll be avoiding? It's got to be Aaron Gordon. He is hes a very frustrating player to own and does miss games every second year or so. And he was pretty good this year, so next year it's unfortunately going to be the year that he gets injured. 14 points, 8 boards, 4 assists on 44% shooting is fine, but let someone else take him. He's not worth the round 7 pick that you're going to have to spend on him. There's plenty of other people out there. He should be better than what he is. He is super athletic. We all see that in the dunk contest every year. Bounces around the court very quick. Just can't put it all together. Not sure what they're going to do with him next year. I do think he's a massive trade target, but if he's still with the Magic and they've still got a similar roster lineup than what they currently do, no thank you. Someone else can take him. So after we lost Orlando, we lost Portland. We saw them drop out of the playoff race and they really lost quite a bit of steam, didn't they? They had to play so hard for so long just to get into the playoffs And then after they got through game one, they really struggled. Injuries certainly didn't help. And if they had a healthy Ariza, Hood, Collins, Lillard, then maybe things would have been a bit different. But they are just a little too reliant on Lillard. And by shutting him down, LA were able to shut Portland down. They're a little light on for superstars. McCollum is fine. Nurkic is fine. But they're not going to be able to win a playoff series off their own back which puts them into a pretty interesting case for next year. I think they're going to have a little bit of a roster shakeup. I think that they will retain Mello. Do think that they're going to get rid of Whiteside. Speaking about fantasy options, Lillard is absolutely a clear superstar and somebody who I would probably take in the top five next year. He averaged just shy of 30 points per game, four boards, eight assists, four triples, and 90% free throw off eight shots per game and is a monster in four categories, those being points, triples, assists, and free throw. And a pretty strong field goal for a point guard. Doesn't turn it over too much, just under three per game. But overall, my favorite thing about Damian Lillard is that he doesn't miss any time. 
He's been in the NBA now for six or seven years, and he's played 73 or more games in every single season, which is awesome. He's just about as consistent as you get. Everybody in your league will take Steph Curry over Lillard and let them do it. I personally won't. In terms of ceilings, yeah, Lillard probably doesn't have as high of a ceiling as Curry, but there's not that much in it. Lillard is so much safer, though. You know that if he rolls an ankle, he's going to be out there the next game. Curry could take a week. He could take two weeks just because they're so cautious about him. Nurkic is the other player on Portland I really like, and he's one of those bigs who plays like a guard. Since joining Portland, he's really steadily grown, and although it's only a small sample size this year, his averages are 17.6 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, and a very solid 50% from the field and 88% from the line are very handy. Traditionally, I haven't been a massive fan of bigs who don't block, but if he can keep his assists around about the 4 per game, then I'll be able to deal with his 1.5 block rate because I'll be able to offset that with another player. Next year, I'm absolutely going to be looking at him for my for one of my center spots. I think that he will probably go cheap because he's had a good year, but he's had a year off effectively. And I think that that means people will sleep on him a little bit. And if you can package him up with a couple of really strong guards beforehand, then grab a big blocker towards the end of your draft or towards the middle rounds of your draft, you'll be well on your way to building a championship winning side. So players that I'm not so keen on. The first is CJ McCollum. He is a very one-dimensional player. He scores well. He's got decent percentages, but that's about it. That's only three categories, maybe only two categories out of eight or nine. I can chase that later in the draft. There will be players towards the end of your draft, which I will touch on in in later pods, that will do all of CJ McCollum's statistics but you won't have to spend a round four or five to get him. Guards that do not assist or do not steal, they just don't really interest me. Mello, whether he stays or goes, I'm still not that interested. Let someone else waste a pick on him. Someone who I actually am keen on is Zach Collins. I would take quite a bit of Collins' action at the end of my draft. I think that he will probably go undrafted in most sides. You could even get him off the waivers. And yeah, he'll only offer 1.5 1.5s, 1.5 blocks, a couple of boards, maybe 10 points, but that's pretty good for a late round flyer and you could certainly do worse. I think that's probably his flaw. Uh, I think that with Whiteside moving on, which he probably will, I think he'll get a lot of minutes and I think that he'll certainly have some games that that make people stand up and notice him. Finally, Hassan Whiteside, the man I just mentioned, what a great resurgence that was for him. 15 points, 13 boards, and 2.8 blocks is enormous. If he gets himself into a starting role somewhere, I am absolutely keen. Traditionally, people would say that you need to package him up into like a free throw punt build as his shot generally hasn't been too amazing, but it really has improved this year. And the fact that he only shoots it at 3.5 shots a game the volume is so low that it doesn't really matter. He may be a bad defender in real life, 
But if he keeps chasing those statistics, give me some of Hassan Whiteside. So unfortunately, that brings us to the last team to discuss on the podcast. And I wish I wasn't speaking about these guys. They are my favorite team. And I didn't want to think that they were going to be knocked out in the first round. But it is the Dallas Mavericks. What a shame. What a shame Porzingis went down. They were looking really dangerous. But without a solid second option for Luka, they were up against it. Going down in six is very impressive. And it does give me some hope for the years to come. And that uh, game winner from Luca was awesome. But I do think they need another veteran. They are thin. And although they've got some solid role pieces in your Seth Currys, your Maxi Klebers, your Finney Smiths, they need another option on the offensive side. I'll talk about Chris Stapps first and then end on Luca because it is a little controversial. KP this year... He was solid. He stayed healthy enough. And overall, it was exactly what you'd expect from him. 20 points on a bad field goal, standard, 9.5 boards, 2 blocks, 2.5 triples. It's fine. It's serviceable. But next year, I think people are going to reach for him in the second round. I personally won't. For my second pick, I want to be sure that that person is going to be playing games for me. And I just don't trust Paul Zingas yet. It's his fourth year in the league, and yeah, for the most, he's been able to stay healthy, but I don't know why. I just I just see an injury cloud above him. Maybe it's the constant day-to-day tags. Maybe he misses a game every week, but even still, I want some confidence in my early picks, and I don't have that in him. If he's there in the late third or early fourth, great. Yes, I'll take him, but up until that stage, I'm not going to be risking it. Now, Luka Doncic, the man, the myth, the legend. What an absolute jet this kid is. And his playoff series will be spoken about for decades to come. It is a shame that he came up against the brick wall that is Kawhi Leonard, but I would say that for the most part, Luka got it done. He got it done on the offensive end, but without Chris Saps there, a terrific defender like Kawhi is going to make some stops eventually. And... When it came down to the crunch, they just locked him down. Outside of the playoffs, Luca was still awesome. Averages of 28.5 points on 46% shooting. 9.4 boards and 8.8 assists is huge. Plus the 2.8 triples are great. And every single person in your league will take him in the top 10, probably even in the top 5, regardless of the format. I personally am going to be a bit more reserved when drafting Luca next year. He is a superstar. He is one of those names that you want to have on your side. He is a player that you want to watch. I think we need to dig a little bit deeper. Looking at an eight-category head-to-head format, if you're taking Luca with your first pick, then you're going to be starting strong with points, assists, and boards with a better-than-average field goal and triples. That's five out of eight categories so far. Not horrible. But Luca does contribute absolutely nothing in steals, blocks, and he tanks free throw hard, going at just under 75% off nine shots per game. If you're looking at nine category league, you've got to take his turnovers into account. And Luca was the fourth worst in the league at turnovers, going at 4.2 per game. So again, a leech in points, assists, and boards, decent start in field goal, but tanks you hard in free throws, steals, blocks, and turnovers. Yes, you can argue his triples, but 
I see them as one of the easiest categories to play off the waivers. There's always a shooter out there. I certainly won't be taking him in the top five. Top 10, maybe, but I would have a hard time taking him over your Lillards, your Jokic's, and your Trey Youngs if they're sitting there. Alrighty, guys, that's all i got for you. I'm confident that my closing statements on Luca will annoy some people. So if you've got any questions or comments, send them through to fantasylandbasketball at gmail.com. But for now, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.